millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Tonga's first Rio Olympian is found. And the Papua New Guinea Kumuls rugby league team finally has a new coach. But first, the devastation caused by Cyclone Winston has weighed heavy on the minds of the Fiji Sevens team as they prepare for this weekend's tournament in Las Vegas. The defending World Series champions, who lead the current standings after four rounds, took time out of their training schedule over the past 10 days to help with the clean-up and recovery in Fiji and assist with fundraising. Team manager Ropate Calvese says the Cyclone has been the main topic of conversation among the squad. The biggest one is emotionally. Because the boys seeing what has happened in the country, people sleeping outside, no food, and you know just the clothes on their back, something that basically has been our the main topic as the boys sit around in the evening it has affected some of the boys as well personally in terms of you know their homes losing a corrugated iron roofing and them having to you know do as much as they can at home before coming out to training camp and uh, their families do appreciate what they do, knowing that they have to train and with them carrying the Fiji's hope on their shoulders. Uh, they allow their sons, husbands to come to training while they try and sort things out at home. So we managed to get into camp and get things started, but bearing in mind you know, what's happening around us. So did you lose a couple of days to training? Yeah, we lost pretty much a day and a half training. The boys staggered into camp. We said to the boys, uh, do as much as you can at home. When all is okay, then come in. Because I know a lot of the sports fields in Fiji uh, have you know, suffered a lot of damage, uh, especially a few of the football fields. Obviously not quite so bad in Suva, but a lot of venues were closed as a precaution anyway. Um, where you guys train and, and some of the rugby grounds, uh, do you know what impact it's had? We've been pretty uh, blessed with uh, having the training ground at an uprising beach resort in uh, Pacific Harbour. You know, they pretty much knew we were coming in and had their full staff cleaning up and getting the ground to what it was. You know, even though there was a bit of water on the ground, it was still okay to train in. And, you know, it's a blessing for us, them knowing what we needed to do. And so the team now heads to Las Vegas, a tournament uh, where you're the defending champions. And I guess, you know, you want to do well on the field. You want to defend your position in the World Series. I guess all well knowing that back home, I guess a lot of people are still doing it very tough, but... I think as Ben Ryan put it in your release when you named your squad for these tournaments, um, you know, you want to try and put a few smiles back on the faces back home because obviously the team is so well supported and, you know, so popular. Yeah, we're going to go out and try and put a few smiles on the faces of uh, our people here at home, knowing that majority of the island won't be watching us on uh, television. Majority will be listening in on a uh, on radio station back into what it was in the uh, early 80s before we had TV in Fiji because um, majority of these places don't have electricity. The towers for satellite transmissions are down, and especially in the in the other islands, I'm not sure they'd be able to listen to transistor radio. The team 
we'll be going full force and putting a smile on the faces of our people when we're out there on the field. Does this add even more motivation or does this add more pressure? I mean, when all this sort of stuff happens, what, what is the mindset? What do you say to the players who have obviously had a difficult time themselves or their families? Uh, is it easy to keep them focused on the task at head in terms of sevens on the field? Pressure will always be around for the Fiji team travelling into any tournament. It is more for a motivation for us, knowing what our people are going through and basically what we can give back to them at the end of the day that rugby is such a big thing here in Fiji, especially sevens. For us, it's, uh, it's more for a motivation. You've got the same pool as you had in Sydney, France, Argentina and Samoa, so uh, no surprises there. Yep. Uh, but I guess uh, it's been a few tournaments since you've had a win, so... Uh, I imagine um, with everything else that's happened and then just in a general sense, uh, you guys would be pretty keen to get some uh, major silverware back again and, and try and defend your title. And it'll be tough around this time with the three teams we've played them before they would want to get one over us. But uh, we'll take one game at a time uh, and knuckle down on each one and hopefully maintain our unbeaten record for the first day tournament. Keep that intact before we, here we go on into the, the quarters, the semis and the finals. Yeah, the last couple of tournaments, Fiji seem to have been the form team, and then it's been just one game in each tournament. Uh, in Wellington, it was against South Africa, and then came up against New Zealand and Sydney. Uh, just one game that didn't quite go right. How do you try and keep that consistency? We had a good chat about it during our, our training sessions and looking at the, the mistakes we did and what we could have done. Ben put in a, a lot of hard yards with a trainer, with our, and getting that area sorted, especially come semi-finals, the quarter-finals, the semi-finals before the finals. That's the Fiji Sevens team manager, Ropatia Kalvese. Meanwhile, Samoa have enjoyed a longer build-up to this weekend's tournament after arriving early in Las Vegas. Coach Damien McGrath criticised the team's rough travel schedule for the Wellington and Sydney tournaments earlier this year, but says things have been a bit better this time around. It gives us a, a really good lead-in. We've got a fully fit, healthy squad, so it's a really good way to prepare. We'll have a good week, so you know whatever happens, we can't blame our preparation for what happens in the games. Um, I'm looking forward to having a good week with the boys ahead of playing. And uh, four or five new faces. Tell me how those selections have come about. Was uh, some of them injury-enforced, or I see some of them played yeah, in the we, uh, international sevens recently we a, as well? We had, a, we had a, more than a few injury issues in, in Sydney. Uh, you know, we, we didn't really get much opportunity to train, trying to mend some broken bodies ahead of the, the Sydney leg. Uh, so when we got back, a couple of those injuries were, were longer term. So we had to look round to see, uh, you know, for replacements. And the small nation, we're not blessed with, with huge playing resources. Um, we were very fortunate the uh, the the biggest sevens that happens in, in Samoa in the year is the Maris sevens, and that happened the weekend before last. The Auckland Maris came over and, and were head and shoulders above all the teams in the competition. It came at an opportune moment for me and the, and the selectors. We picked four boys from, from that group to go straight into the team to, to cover for some of the problems that we had. And so you've got those four boys from uh, Auckland Maris. Who was the other new face? Talea was someone that, who was one of the star players at the Central Coast Sevens in Australia before Christmas, and um, he's a Samoan boy in New Zealand. We're chasing him. He opted to, to come to play for Samoa, but as is often the case, he picked up an injury, and, and that combined with a mild dose of dengue fever sort of laid him low, and, and we, we missed the opportunity to use him in Cape Town and Dubai. And Sydney and Wellington came a little bit too soon, so Talea's finally going to make a, a delayed bow for us this time. So, five new caps uh, out of 12, uh, does that 
create any challenges in terms of uh, blending everyone in, or do you anticipate no worries there? Yeah, of course it does uh, in, in terms of uh, just the way we play, and but they're all good players, and it's amazing how, how well the group's bonded. We have a, a good blend of on-island and off-island players. They all know each other very well. The boys who, who were selected stayed on after the Maris Sevens and, and have been in Samoa preparing with the team. We've just got to make sure that they're up to scratch with the way we play and the way we want to play. So that's the challenge for the management uh, as well as the players. And of course, uh, Damien, the uh, familiar faces uh, or familiar foes, if you will, of uh, Fiji, France, Argentina, same as uh, Sydney. <laughs> um, so uh, you, yep. you've had a bit of time to get your head around that now and you're obviously over in Vegas. So uh, how's, uh, how's the planning for that shaping up? When we saw the group, you had that dismay of, oh, same again, but... For the players, it was, it was a blessing because they really felt that they'd let everybody down, including themselves, uh, when, when we played Fiji over in Sydney. And we were well beaten 31-0. Uh, you know, we were lucky to get nil. And the players were, were so disappointed with, with how they played and how they approached it. This gives them a, a second chance, if you like, and they're, they're really looking forward to that. We're, we're preparing for that. We were beaten by Argentina after the Hooter, you know, which cost us a, a, a quarter-final place. So another chance for us to, to right a wrong. Uh, and France, we... <laughs> France and I, uh, you know, and, and Samoa seem to be paired in every every leg, so uh, they're, they're familiar for us. That's the Samoa Sevens coach, Damien McGrath. Peter Telfa Tofua has become the first Tongan to qualify for the Rio Olympics after winning gold at the Oceania Taekwondo qualifiers in Port Moresby at the weekend. He beat New Zealand's Danford Sanders in the final of the over 80kg class to seal his place in Brazil. Paula Satapa has been coaching the Tongan team for over 15 years and says it was a special feeling to have one of his athletes finally qualify for the Olympics. It's a great feeling and I can't really explain how how, um, how beautiful the feeling is to uh, achieve their goal and the first time for Tonga to qualify for Olympic in Taekwondo. Was that expected going in? How many athletes did you have over in PNG? We took two athletes, which is two male and a different uh, weight category. But uh, unfortunately, the other one didn't quite make the weight category due to the weight issues. And it was only uh, uh, Peter Taufafua that made it. So the other athlete wasn't able to compete? No, he wasn't uh, be able to compete because of his weight. But he did travel over there? Yeah, he did travel over there. So it was uh, three of us. Okay. And uh, go. I mean, going in, how, how long have you worked with Peter? What's his sort of background? I've been working with Peter maybe uh, once a year because he's based in Australia. And uh, I travel to Australia once a year and uh, we only spent about two or three days uh, working with him. But we've been uh, training with Peter before for like um, 10 years in Tonga before I came to New Zealand and um, went over to Australia. But towards these uh, qualifications, I didn't have time to uh, prepare with them. We just uh, discussed things over the phone and um, social media before the, um, the qualifications. How old was he when you first started working with him? How long have you known him? I've been known Peter for the last 20 years. Uh, he started um, Taekwondo when he was on uh, his uh, teen- teenagers, around uh, 12 or 13 years old. And, uh, and, and how old is he now? Peter now is just over 30, maybe 31 or 32. And this was his third attempt for the Olympics. The last two, he didn't quite make it. And uh, his his third one was the last weekend. And um, yeah, his success. And what do you put that difference down to? Why third time lucky for Peter? What is it about this time? What is it about Rio that's uh, made him uh, achieve his goal? 
I think for the third time that he do realize that uh, his dream, he didn't grade it, but just realized that he had it all with him. And together with all the experience that he had before, he, he'll he be able to overcome the pressures and, and the hardship and the sacrifice towards this Olympics. And he be able to enjoy it and um, just to realize it, it, it's for him and his time. And I think it's at his time. And so he's the first Tongan Taekwondo athlete to qualify for the Olympic Games. And in the case of the Rio uh, event, he's currently the only Tongan, I think, that has actually qualified for Rio at this point, uh, you know, on merit. I'm not quite sure about the other sports, but uh, yeah, for Taekwondo, it is it's the first time uh, for Tonga to qualify for the Rio. And I think this, yeah, it's the first time ever that they really qualify for the Olympics. And uh, what what will this mean for Taekwondo in Tonga? How would you describe the support? Uh, how would you describe the sport back home? Is there many people that uh, that uh, are involved in it, or? Yeah, there, there's so many people involved in, in in Taekwondo, but I think Taekwondo is is, is a beautiful sport. It's, it's not just about to, to compete physically, but uh, mentally, spiritually, and uh, other aspects of life. And I think it, it really works for the people of Tonga if they pursue their dream through these sports because. Not just the Olympic, but after Olympic, it works in the other aspects of life as well. And uh, for Taekwondo at this time, I think for Peter, he, he showed the way that it's possible that so many Tongan people think as impossible because uh, Tonga is, is not known in the world anywhere in this sport. It's only for Korea or America or Australia. But uh, at this time, the, he make I'd be able to make believe on a, on a Tongan people. And the other... Um, Pacific Islands and Oceania, that it's possible. So now you and Peter will be heading to Brazil? That's right. Excited. <laughs> Indeed. So so now that you've achieved this goal, uh, what's the focus between now and August? Uh, is, is it going to be possible for you guys to uh, see each other in person more often in your preparation? And, and, and what are the dreams and goals, uh, you know, for, for how you might go over there? I think for now what we do now is just uh, sort of the little things with our, our families got Peter has been working full times and praying at the same time. I do work full time and look after my families of two kids. What we want and um, hope to happen is to spend time together and more focus on training uh, towards the uh, Rio. And uh, we hope there will be uh, support, you know, behind us from the government of Tonga and um, uh, whoever wants to support us to achieve this dream as we see forward to Rio. There is um, a bigger chance of getting a. Um, a medal from Rio in these uh, uh, sports, especially for, for Peter as well, to compete over there. But uh, in order to make those happen, we need more support from the people, the family, the friends, and, and the government as well. So, so you think he could win a medal? As I see it, he, he could win a medal. It's quite easy and it's possible for how I see um, Peter performance in these times. It's quite um, on a peak and, and it's, it's a great chance to win a medal for Tonga. That's the Tonga Taekwondo coach Paula Satapa speaking about his Olympic-bound athlete, Peter Taufa Tofua. Michael Maram has been appointed head coach of the Papua New Guinea Kumuls rugby league team for May's Pacific Test against Fiji. The former Agmark Gurias mentor has coached the PNG Hunters in the Queensland Cup since 2014 and been a long-time assistant coach with the national side. He replaces Mel Meninga, who resigned last year to take charge of the Australian side. Papua New Guinea Rugby League Chief Executive Officer Bob Cutmore says Maram has earned his opportunity. It's a very, very well-deserved appointment. Michael's been an understudy now with the old bridesmaid tag can be put to him since 2008. 
and he won Queensland Coach of the Year last year. I actually have asked him when we've had discussions on his staffing and everything else around the team that he doesn't utilise SP Hunter staff. Uh, he might use one or two, but I particularly want to be able to start to look at staff outside of the SP Hunters and we start to implement a policy of growing our staff and getting a broader base in respect to people who are eligible and can do the job. The other thing I've done is ask him to consider involving a lot of old Kamul boys. We've had 273 players represent Papua New Guinea from the first game in 1975 and it would be a great concept to get them involved with and around the team like the Frogs concept in the Queensland Rugby League. So... Okay, uh, and in, in terms of uh, Michael Maram's appointment, uh, is that at this stage, is it just for the May test, the Pacific test, or is this ongoing? No, it'll be just for the May test, but we're hoping that he'll put in place and outline his plans how he'd like to attack the 2017 World Cup campaign. Hopefully it's a long and enduring appointment, but that's not guaranteed yet. So this is a big audition for Michael to prove that he's uh, got what it takes to take that next step, I guess. I don't think he has to prove anything. I think he's proven his coaching ability in respect to the Q Cup. A lot of the players here have a lot of respect for him. And I know a lot of the ex-Kamals are talking about if he got the job, they would jump on board and help out. So I know Stanley Denny's spoken to him about helping him out. Marcus Spy has to Mark Mom. So these are players who either captain PNG or being very well representative of PNG. So... I know Michael is going to talk to David Mead and Nanny McDonald and James Seguiaro about would they play in the one-off test. I mean, I'd love to see James Seguiaro play. I know that he's just taken out Australian citizenship and said he would prefer to play for Queensland, but um, he would be our first father-son because his father represented PNG as a Kamal. What's that sort of balance going to look like in terms of local players? Obviously, you've been developing players through the Hunters program in the last couple of years versus, I guess, some of the guys playing professionally in the likes of the Super League um, and obviously the NRL? The balance will be up to Michael and his selectors and the people who advise and assist him. But realistically, uh, the Fiji side is, uh, you know, I think last year they only had two players that played in the local Fiji competition. All the other players came from either the NRL, New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup. To compete at that level, we actually have to have a look with a a wider scope and a wider vision. And the board are currently looking at qualifications and eligibility and we are looking at English Super League, NRL, New South Wales Cup and Q Cup. I don't think we should go any further down than that end in our local uh, rugby league competitions. Basically that should be a good blend of SP Hunters players and players out of uh, international competitions and maybe one or two out of the Digicel Cup. If Michael was to continue on with the job, uh, do you believe he can do the Kummels and the Hunters jobs together? I have no doubt about that. Um, he's now got a good coaching staff around him in the SP Hunters with in Nigel Akula and Roger Lacker and Joe Bruno. So even though he's away a week, those three are more than capable of making sure that the Hunters make their coaching commitments because Michael puts in place the coaching programs that need to be done and those coaches can see that through. Leading up to the World Cup in 2017, that might have to be reviewed depending on what he wants to do if he gets the job in respect to number of camps. But that'll all depend on the availability of players during the year too. So it's, it's a wonderful place to be in, and I'm hoping Michael can uh, put together a plan for the 2017 World Cup. Did you guys get any applications, or did you seek other candidates, or was this for this test, was it a case of PNG Rugby League coming together, having a meeting, and deciding that Michael was the guy you want to go with? We didn't ask for applications for this one-off test because it was so close. Mail only resigned in January, and we have the test in May, so the board decided in its wisdom that Michael was a suitable candidate. 
We did um, discuss at board level. It was moved that Michael be the coach and it was given a, a two to three week period for the other directors to talk to people about whether they were interested or not, that we got no other interested party. So Michael's a coach for the May test. Yeah, I guess there's been a bit of talk, hasn't there, in the last sort of month or two about developing nations and rugby league uh, internationally and uh, who coaches them and who doesn't coach them. Um, is there a possibility long term maybe of, obviously Michael's very experienced uh, in PNG, but is there maybe the prospect you could bring someone you know, in the past, we've seen Wayne Bennett help Steve Kearney, uh, people like that, alongside former PNG internationals, maybe some well-known international faces to come in and offer a different perspective in the setup as well. That's a possibility. I think if we could use a mentoring process for Michael, I honestly believe a part New Guinean should coach the PNG side, and we do a mentoring process. I know Michael enjoyed his with Wayne at the Broncos, and I know that they've continued on a liaison and rapport there. And I know Wayne's going to make a number of visits to Q Cup games when the SP Hunters play in Brisbane this year as well. So that relationship will continue. Wayne, of course, is not available to assist him in the May test because Wayne's actually going to go to the UK as England coach. But that door is always going to be open. If Michael wants the assistance, then he will only be too happy to assist. That's the CEO of the Papua New Guinea Rugby League, Bob Cutmore. And that is the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. Thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.